just trust me, okay? This is Michael, and we are back with a bonus round. So clearly there is a lot of news that's going on, so we wanted to make sure that we got into it again. So none other than Feliqua. Welcome back, dear. Quit, quit. Yo! And Nakita. Hey, girl, what's up? And the fabulous Lizzo. How are you? What's up, Michael? Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. Well, what's funny is she's enjoying this because while we're all sweltering, this is exactly the temperature she likes. Oh, I love it. It's so nice in here. I the can't... AC is fucked up. And the person that did this to me, I will soon name on the show so you all can shoot him messages. I'm turning to <laughs> So... <clears throat> Uh, it's just crazy. Thank it's, you, Cody, I'm turning for to a huge screwdriver in the air conditioner. Fudge puddle over here. <laughs> I know. I'm like, holy Moses. What does it even say up there? Does it say 73 or 72 or is it 74? 74. Oh, oh that's, God. That's, that's terrible. Too hot wow, that's perfect. I like it on 60. Yes. Yeah, so we're dying. And yes, I like it usually on like 60, 62. So whatever oh and feliqua brought a fan so first up we're going to talk about how many of you have heard of what we were starting to watch earlier in the heights have you guys heard of this movie yes okay so in the heights i was the one that suggested we watch it absolutely so lynn manuel miranda who is definitely not going anywhere he's just getting started huge hits like in the heights which was his main number one and then for a while he was kind of i guess building up to release what is the musical that was his follow-up do you guys remember hamilton I'm taking this trip by the reins. No, no. Yes, the whole, the whole <laughs> shebang. So, with that in mind, um, what are your thoughts on his style of musical? Feliqua. <laughs> I'm talking about Lin Manuel. I, I blanked. <laughs> I know. So you got Hamilton. You've got In the Heights. What are your thoughts? Oh, I can't believe I'm about to out myself like this in public. But everybody, when In the Heights was out. Everybody and their uncle was calling me, being like, you're going to love this musical. You got to get on this musical. I started listening to it several times, and yeah. I couldn't get into it. Yep. That doesn't mean that I'm not going to watch. I mean, I'm definitely going to still watch the movie, and I'm maybe going to like it a little bit more, get into it a little mm-hmm. bit more now that I'm more familiar with his work. But I have to admit, I didn't connect with that. But when Hamilton came out, the first time I heard that thing, I was like, this is my new favorite thing. And then I proceeded to infect everyone in my immediate radius until they all like just needed it injected straight into their eyeballs and ears every I guess day. while you're here I'm gonna need you to reference point like two or three specific songs from each one and then maybe Guns I can Guns and Ships okay and then maybe I can jump on board um, The hit... Battle of Yorktown hello that's where we're from I know Mama I will um, quickly you're not from Mexico acclimate my people are um, Nikita you tried. Girl, you already know it was enough for me. You tried to watch <laughs> Hamilton. I tried. And I think two minutes in, Beyond you left. 15 seconds. I give stuff one chance. <laughs> I think he left. Like, I think it was on at his mom's house and then he ran away. Yeah. Because my He's mom like, oh, loved I gotta go. it. She, like, watched it over and over again. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to come And didn't house. she think you would? She thought I was going to love it. And yeah. I'm just... Which I love musicals. I yes. love musicals. It was just too fast for my liking. I didn't like the fast. It- musical thank you that's what i see that's what i said so here's what it's talking about why gen z loves to drag lin-manuel miranda over the past four years the star musical composer has become a symbol of millennial cringe in 2016 hamilton's internet fandom was at its peak tumblr was head cannoning and fan what does this say fan the founding fathers fan i guess twitter 
was tripping over itself attempting to win Hamill Fam ticket giveaways, and the show's composer, star, and writer, Lin-Manuel Miranda, was simultaneously being hailed as a Shakespeare for the modern era, and what is it else they're talking about here? Oh, his apparent nickname from his fans, Linamon Roll, instead of Cinnamon Roll. So apparently people really, really loved him right off. I'm fresh off of a long performing in my musical Hamilton, which fortunately is one of the biggest hits ever on Broadway. So that means most of you have no idea who I am, Manuel joked, in the opening of his 2016 SNL monologue. So... Just since 2016, and to give everyone an idea of why Hamilton is actually a pretty big deal, it's the first musical to hit number one since, like, the 70s, I believe that it was. But, like, on the rap chart, too. Yeah. I think that's really the thing. I don't know if there's been a musical that's hit number one on the rap chart. Wasn't that the thing? Um, Well, it was, I believe it was what I know, only that it was on the number one charts for, I can't remember what exactly Greece it was. hit number one in the 70s. So was that it? I, I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm just I just know that Greece hit number one. I'm loosely 70s. referencing an article I think I read like two months ago where it was talking about it because I wasn't understanding the exact importance of that. I knew it was popular, but I didn't like know no. But yes, it's it is a very big deal. Even though I don't really want to give it to him. So <laughs> it's, it's a very big deal. He is very proud and he should be. I mean, he's he's doing really good for himself. What are your thoughts here? Do we think that this is a fad, or do we think it's here to stay? Is he going to have more tricks up his sleeve, or do we think this is maybe he's kind of tipping out? I feel like he's he's still in his prime. I feel like he's still going to create some more some more good stuff. I like that he's starting to just kind of pepper in on other stuff, because I feel like his straight-up musicals are kind of like what Nikita was talking about. So it's a lot. It's it's a lot. Yeah, I need a storyline between the songs. Yeah, it it was it was a lot. It can be very intense. So um, yes, that's... I think his strength is that he's a very creative thinker. He's a very open thinker, and he puts together a lot of. He's elements. very open. Oh, he yeah. is. To yeah. be, to, to, it, it was well put together, just and he definitely together. he breathed new life into a very old historical storyline. Yes, and mm-hmm. as somebody who grew up in Yorktown, Virginia, every quote, yes. you are going to love it. I can't believe you haven't gotten into it yet. Hello, Lafayette is a character for all of Act One. Lafayette is our homeboy. Those of y'all who are not from Yorktown, Virginia, I know who he's Lafayette like our is. husband. He's like our collective, like... She did. Historical she was, wet dream. We she love was Lafayette. actually really Ask fun a person from Yorktown. to go walking through the battlefields with and have her explain all the stuff. That, okay, I'd yeah. love to do that because I, I we'll I'm do that just... next weekend in Williamsburg. Yeah. Yes, Wait, we'll who be was in... fun to bring through the battlefield? And you. We went there oh, yeah. a couple times and I've you were already like, been through this, the battlefields this, and this, when we and had I was the like, battles. okay. Mm, I've been through the battlefields, but it was dark. Um, <laughs> yes. yes, but have you been to Cornwallis's cave in the dark? Oh, no, but that sounds like a lot of fun. Mm. Next up, this is right up Nikita's and mine, Alley. I think that this is definitely something that Liz is going to want. The latest Crocs by Balenciaga collaboration features Don't you ever a stop. stiletto. Don't you the world's <laughs> most practical shoe has had yet another high fashion upgrade. They are hideous. <laughs> 
Uh, Have you seen why? them? Why? Yeah. I don't want to cry. Why? I'm, I'm afraid I'm not going to be able to unsee it. Liz will never wear I know Liz would never stick her feet So Balenciaga <laughs> is no stranger to a headline-making collaboration, and the house's latest collection has certainly got people talking. The fashion house has once again teamed up with Crocs on a collection which includes a very divisive take on fashion's most practical shoe. The two brands have created a stiletto version of the Crocs. The shoe, which is part of Balenciaga's spring-summer 2022 collection, comes in bright green and in black and looks exactly like the typical croc design, which is crazy, but it's complete with a rubber finish, plenty of holes, and a strap back, but also (laughs) features a high heel. You know who would make this shoe look good, though? Oh my god! Just for her, Rihanna. I, I just. Oh, I yes. think Rihanna I, is the only person on this planet that will make that shoe look good. If I wake up at three thirty a.m. and that shoe comes in my brain, I'm gonna fucking kill you. <laughs> Balenciaga, see that? Send us some of those because I would love to just play with them. Can you imagine how your toenails would be like crumbled up in? <laughs> Why would you? Just how sweaty your feet would be. Crocs make me so sweaty. Yeah. <laughs> He's a crumbled. You know up. what? You know what they actually feel like. What? I don't know. That's what I'm asking Felipe about. <laughs> yes, I used to have a pair of green Crocs that looked just like that, but without the heel. Worn them everywhere. Oh my lord! Oh, you don't know about this? And, no, she doesn't. Yes, and she's ups- she's wondering yeah. why. Oh yeah, my fashion statement is somewhere between um, light academia and wannabe lesbian. And this is true. Lesbian? She, I think you, Crocs, flannels. I think like, you have Birkenstocks. My jam. Birkenstocks. Oh, I love that. Yes. Birkenstocks will work. You can see toenails. That'll work. I have Birkenstocks. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yes. Crocs. A Birkenstock heel would be cute. Birkenstock, get on that. Pay us. Pay uh, us some money for giving you that idea. Yeah, no. you know you love it. Don't bro- break what's already not broken. <laughs> on that note, we're going to let everybody take two seconds to go order their Balenciaga Croc stilettos, and we'll be right back. Welcome back. Why Stephen King rejected Netflix's pitch to adapt his favorite book. So Stephen King recently shared that he once rejected Netflix's pitch to adapt his favorite of his books during a new interview with the Wall Street Journal. King spoke about Lizzie's story, a novel he wrote that was finally adapted for Apple TV Plus, a revealing that he could have allowed it to be turned into a live action project sooner, but was not interested at the time. I love that book. I held on to it, King confessed. The iconic horror writer went on to share, there were offers to do it as a film or as a limited series in the earlier days of Netflix. The issue would come up and I always said no, because I wanted to do it myself if I could. If the time seemed right for that. The streaming thing is so wonderful because there are no ads to break the mood to break the dramatic build of the story with dancing toilet bowls or something like that. And you don't have to cut the thing perfectly so that it fits in a little 42-minute box so the next show can come up. So what are your thoughts here? I know you said that you feel that Stephen King is a little long-winded. He's a little long-winded, but very easy to read. Yes, very easy to read. But it seems like all of his movies end up looking like... Except I did... (laughs) 
Castle Rock on Hulu was very done very well, but the movies that they made of his books back in the 80s, 90s, and whatever were kind of just like, they were all a little bit goofy. Carrie was the only real good one that was done correctly. Uh, they did a mini series back on Salem's Lot that was... Mm-hmm. I watched it when I was a kid, and it scared the piss out of me, but I was eight years old. and it, Salem's watched, Lot, isn't that one that um, Rob Zombie also took over and did a movie on? I don't know if Rob Zombie did, but uh, but it was... It wasn't that scary, and they all and they all look really dated after you watch the third. If you watch them now, and they're the eighties, they look really dated. I just, uh, I don't know. Stephen King is, I love and I hate him at the same time. He was my mother's favorite, and so I, I have good memories of my mother, and she used to read that stuff. And then when my stepfather was gone, she'd make me come stay in the room with her because she gets scared while she's sitting there reading a book, which right. Influenced me on some of my reading and stuff. Are you guys big Stephen King fans? Either of you? Not really. I mean, if it's horror, I'll watch it. You heard that right. He'll watch it. He will not read it. (laughs) So, yes. um, The most that I ever read of Stephen King was when I had no other choice. So... Oh, was that on your timeout? Uh, yes, so that was what. Pick that's, one, that's, any of them. Yeah, that's what I read on my adult timeout as well. So next up, a new Netflix true crime movie is so devastating, people can't finish watching it. So here's the thing about the new Netflix true crime movie. Believe me, Felik was not even going to start it. The abduction of Lisa McVeigh, which is not available as of the time of this writing on Netflix in the U.S but is available to watch in the U.S. via video on demand. This movie about the horrific kidnapping and rape of a teenage girl in the 1980s by a serial killer in Florida is so traumatizing that merely reading the Wikipedia summary of the movie is enough to leave you in a horrified daze. Who, and who is this? Who's doing this? It's uh, Netflix, but it's not available in the U.S. as of right now. It's oh, only available shit. for purchase by demand, video on demand. Believe me, the abduction of Lisa McVeigh, M-C-V-E-Y. So I am not familiar with this story. It took place in the 80s. Our resident 80s expert, do you know anything about this? I would think I did too much cocaine at that time. Probably, because <laughs> I don't recall this. I was this. blown away. So it says, this is actually a Lifetime movie originally released back in 2018, and it's a testament to the scale of Netflix that a previously released title like this can generate renewed interest from viewers in a feedback loop of attention that the streamer easily brings to older fare. If it was on Lifetime Network, then it probably was so watered down, it probably wasn't anywhere near the story. Right. So it says it's not only because of what this young girl went through at the hands of a serial killer, but once she was able to use reverse psychology to get herself free and race home to try and tell the adults in her life and eventually the police about what happened, no one believed her. And yeah, so I'm definitely going to watch this. I I could not believe that horrendous movie. What was that one about the whole family in the basement? Oh, the girl in the basement. Oh, so gross. And then to look it up and see that it was real. So gross. Yeah. So gross. I just, I don't know. Um, I'm kind of, are you guys kind of seeing a new renewed interest in like 
creepy, nasty, real shit. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, there was that, there was podcasts that, are there like was all the rage right now. Yeah, there was some that the article about somebody who was like held in a bathtub or something. And I, I saw it on Facebook and I just like, I'm not going to look at this because it looks too creepy, creepy. Like, just, what does that say about where we are? I just have a weird <laughs> obsession with serial killers. So like I, anything serial killer related, as long as it's not a documentary, I'll watch it. Why is it? Why would you? Because watch the, doc- the documentary is too real. Like it's like the way I don't like. I like it to be in movie form. You know what I'm saying? Did yes. You the, did you hear about the new uh, documentary about the trans serial killer? No, Liz. Is that real? <laughs> is that real? <laughs> she. <laughs> she is trying. Don't speak that into the world. Okay. I'll speak it into the world. <laughs> the I last go, thing we need. This trans woman goes and destroys all the peasants in the world. <laughs> oh my God! You... Sucking their souls. <laughs> sucking, sucking something. Their so- sucking their souls like a succubus. <laughs> sucking their something. <laughs> yeah, sucking their something. I just want to give a plug. If you're, if you are truly interested in serial killers, we already had an episode released. It was our 156th episode. Life. Ed Gaines Home Decor to Jeffrey Dahmer's Fridge. This was an interview I did with Megan Oliverius, and it was fabulous because she actually is so mesmerized by serial killers. She has an entire, I think her right side of her body, her arm, her right arm, is dedicated to them. There's all kinds of little tats and all of this. So what I miss when I go to work every day and don't make it to all the recordings. It's crazy. It's crazy. (laughs) I just think it's so interesting. Like I would love to like get in their heads and like see what's like going on. I don't, I don't, I think once you get in there, you're going to want to get out and you can't, it's like unseeing something. I don't want, I don't want to, I want to live in the life, the world of flowers and daisies. So how many of you remember a world that was not full of flowers and daisies called Dance Moms? <laughs> so Zachary Torres shares they were bullied during time on Dance Moms. So Zachary Torres, who announced they were transitioning in May, felt they were bullied into dancing a certain way on Dance Moms. And Zachary is opening up about the pressures of dancing on television. The Abbey's Ultimate Dance Competition and Dance Moms alum, who came out as transgender in May and uses they-she pronouns, spoke to Page Six about the difficulties of being a performer on the program. That was the first time I really understood what it meant to be bullied into dancing a certain way. I don't really know whose fault it is. I think we have the system to blame, and I think that it's something we all need to be aware of and continue speaking out about. So, number one, somebody who I know went to dance as a youngster, Feliqua, um, I think... Obviously, that's true, because when a dance school has all girls predominantly and then a quote unquote boy or however they identify in that moment, but that's all they look at them as. They are like, yes, finally someone to hold the dancers this way, to do this and do that. Absolutely, this is true. What are your thoughts? Wait, what is true? What are about we? about the fact that they do make them dance a certain type of way without even realizing, like, maybe they don't want to dance that way. Just because what, what they might, were they making him dance like a quote unquote him when he was truly identifying as more of a they her. <laughs> oh, I see. Yeah, because there's so few male bodies that right. decide to dance at that age that 
yeah, I could see how they'd want him to fill that role because they're desperate for that. Yeah. Rather than let him do all the things that the girls are doing. Right. That makes a lot of sense to me based on just dance culture. Absolutely. If more boys danced, it wouldn't be an issue, but so few do. Both of my sons danced in the Nutcracker Ballet. Uh, Which is why she's fucking obsessed with that show. Oh, I love the Nutcracker. (laughs) But, uh, I mean, they don't have, boys don't have to try out. They just have, they need live bodies. They just have to show up. They just have to show up. Girls had to try out. That's how it is in their professional careers, too. Right. And uh, something about dance moms just implies the word Karen and bullies. Yes, Yes, it does. Oh, my God. I thought I was the only one. No, like it's how could it be a surprise? Did you ever watch one single sound bite, even like a sound clip? Like it was crazy. Abby was nuts, man. She was just in it. She was intense. She was intense. But did you yourself ever go to any of the uh, classes or anything and see the instructors, how they oh, were talking? Oh, very intense, yeah. Yes. My daughter's still in ballet. She moved from and, Norfolk Ballet and to... And probably therapy to, for that, too. Oh, yeah, but this is Emily. She's tough as nails, so uh, she's the one that double downs and tells my mom or tells her mother how fat she is and stuff. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's um, also just not a tradition for that in ballet yet. Like ballet, classical ballet is very, yeah, very they, traditional, and they have not created a lot of roles for male bodies to dance not traditionally masculine, right? Ways so, and, and ballet instructors are intense people. Yeah, I uh, yeah. Unless it's like a character role, you know, like there's a history of of the male net. dancers it's too bad i didn't pursue older, a but. dance career because maybe that would have been the easy end there's hardly any guys there let's go ahead and just weasel on in yeah. so i could prance around a stage those male ballerinas are cuties yes and oh, yes. You, i will say they're not always hung uh, compared to what it looks like that's a dance belt that's a so no. think on that i was just thinking about the stockings go <laughs> The dance belt. Think Nikel on that. Nikel was thinking about the lump in the pants. Think on that. Do a plie, and we'll be right back. Stay tuned. Welcome back. So Virginia return to earn program will match employer bonuses with federal aid. New hires could get up to $1,000 in bonuses. So I have seen this already coming to life uh, prior to this announcement, but Governor Ralph Northam on Friday announced a new return to earn program in hopes of encouraging people to return to work. The pilot program will match an employer bonus up to $500 with federal aid, meaning a new hire could get up to $1,000. That could come in a lump payment or installments to offset ongoing costs of childcare, transportation, etc. Childcare businesses may qualify for up to $500 per new hire without the match requirement, Northam's office says. For Virginia to fully recover from the impacts of the pandemic in our economy, we need targeted solutions, says Chief Workforce Development Advisor Dr. Megan Healy. What I will also say to the Workforce Development team, answer the phone so (laughs) we i have been trying to call and i know a lot of other people that i've been trying to call and we cannot get through so what are your thoughts here i think this is a smart move i think it's a smart move i think 
uh, people are taking the extra money. There's a lot of people in that range that are making more money being unemployed now than they were at their jobs before the pandemic. Yes. And, uh, let's fucking pay people when this pandemic, we yeah. come through this. Can we learn that lesson collectively to fucking pay people a yes. living wage? Yes. Can we learn to fucking give people health care? Can we learn to fucking yes. treat humans yes. like fucking humans? Can I say the F word that yes. many times yes. on this wow. program? You fucking can. Now we got canceled. Can you tell how fucking <laughs> bad more, I am about this? One more it's F so word much. and we'll be canceled. It's so much. I don't, I just don't understand also, where do it's know been. know how fucking little money that is yes. you give somebody a couple hundred dollars they're gonna go ahead and make one or two purchases of something that they've been waiting to purchase they're not gonna spend that on child care for their kids you know how much child care costs yeah your 500 <laughs> to a thousand dollar stipend to get them back into a job is knows. not enough she has, for what, them three? to be put in uh, child four. care four kids yeah lizzo yeah, knows. i have i mean i'll i'll just tell you about like budgeting money when you have kids you don't have five hundred dollar problems those are like yeah. those are just those yeah. are occurrences you yes. have like three thousand dollar problems you have three thousand yes. dollar problems and things like that it's yeah. like when i used to budget i mean anything below like a hundred bucks was in the noise floor and like yeah it's like it, it's it's just astronomical those were the things. problems you were dreaming about you're yeah, like hundred less than a hundred, great. <laughs> yeah, less than a hundred, yeah. If I got away with dinner with him, less than less than fifty dollars, I was like, oh my god. Now, of course, it's inflation's so bad, especially so with, bad, especially with food and and eating out. Uh, I mean, it's since I was on my time out, I think it's like gone up at least fifty to seventy five percent of eating out because it's been since September two thousand eighteen to now. Yeah, you. You can't have anything for less than ten dollars. Used to, you could get fast food for around five to six dollars. Yeah. Now it's anything even. It, yeah, somebody just said, and it's one of my friends. Shout out to Mashiqua. Mashiqua. Uh, uh, shout out. Um, she actually said in one of her posts on Facebook, she's like, uh, "If things continue this way, you can go ahead and say bye bye to the dollar menu." I think we're headed that way. Like it's everything's going up, up, up. I know the back patio of this condo condo aka not huge was gonna cost i think when she had first gotten the estimate on it was gonna cost somewhere around like you know seventeen hundred dollars something like that i think now it's jumped up to at and i think at first it was 12 then it was 17 now it's jumped up to like twenty seven hundred dollars oh that's materials yes because the cost of materials has gone through the roof and probably labor as well because you're not getting as many people in the workforce that are you know I think it's a. I think it's a smart move, but I think the better word for it would be it's a good start. It's a good well, in the right direction. It's a kick in the right direction, I guess, and I think that's what the government's trying to do. They're not trying to. They're not. A, they seem to not be in it for the long haul and just want to give these jolts of jolts i like that yeah, i just, just don't a little- want us to put a band-aid on something that's a huge problem i don't want everybody to be like oh look how awesome it was the governor gave me money for child care no for- set up some socialized child care so that people can work a goddamn job like a functioning human being yes. that's the solution i agree with that i think that we're having a lot of bigger problems finally come to the surface yeah, and and the healthcare thing is a as a big issue. I mean, I pay out a lot of out of pocket money that it comes a lot like over like my check is like probably six hundred dollars less than what it should be because of healthcare. Mm. 
That's a disaster. For me and kids. Not for me and a wife and kids. For me and or yeah. a husband or whatever. For, but for me and kids. I know. And I remember thinking about it, too, um, when I had a job that had health care. That I looked at the price and I was like, I just, I don't know. I, I was having to make decisions about... Do I need more money for right now or my health care? Like, that's the sad, like, yeah. part of it is it's like, you know, these emergencies could come up that I might need it. You can't. But you're I'm not, not supposed sh- to not have health care. It's against the fucking law not to. Well, have it is now, but before Obamacare yeah. was passed, we spent the majority of our adult lives without. I spent the majority. I spent all of my adult life without health care. Oh, wow. Right. Until Medicaid was an option for me. Yeah. yeah. See, I had jobs the whole time. And I had health care. Any thoughts on this, Nikita? Same. <laughs> I like, had health care due to, to jobs. So yeah. yeah. I never really went without health care. I worked just, as an independent contractor, so I was not given health care by anybody. I had to pay for it out of pocket, and I couldn't afford it because my decision was pay rent or yes. go back yeah, to being homeless again no, because I have health care. Yep. Yeah, that was my expensive. choice, and you know what I chose yeah. was not to go back <laughs> to being homeless again. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So... Next up, how many of you remember what was the song we were talking about earlier? Trisha. If I could turn no, not share. <laughs> not share. But we love share. Trisha Yearwood and Leanne Rhymes have a feud, and here's the actual truth behind it. Maybe they should do a versus. They should. I don't think that it might be that popular because I think Trisha Yearwood would win. I love Trisha Yearwood, don't you? Yeah. Versus Leanne Rhymes, although Leanne Rhymes has a powerhouse of a voice. She has a nice voice. And I Who do you think would win? Oh my gosh, I cannot be forced to choose. Faith Hill. So, <laughs> Trisha Faith Yearwood and Leanne Rhymes touched off rumors of a so-called feud when they released competing versions of the same song on the exact same day. But according to a new television show, it actually wasn't even their idea. Rhymes and Yearwood ended up having huge success with their separate recordings of How Do I Live? A Diane Warren written song that Rhymes, who was at that time still a teen country sensation, like fourteen, was first to record for the 1997 Nicolas Cage film Con Air. But as an upcoming new episode of the AXS TV show Music's Greatest Mysteries revealed, it was actually the film's producers who decided that having an underage teenage girl perform the song as part of an R-rated film was inappropriate, so they approached Yearwood who cut her own version of the song. Interesting. I did that not know very that. very interesting. <laughs> I had no Isn't idea. Isn't Trisha Yearwood married to, or didn't... Garth Brooks. Garth, Garth Brooks. Brooks. Yeah. Oh, yeah, she's definitely married to him. Chris so, Gaines. Do you care about either of these people, Nikita? I mean, I know who Liam He's got Ryan a baseball is. hat on. He looks kind of country. <laughs> country Nikita. You're not super familiar with uh, Trisha, though, right? No. Yes, I love her because she had a fabulous album, Jasper County Line. Oh, nice. uh, it was, uh, Georgia Rain was on that. It oh. was. Yes. Oh, I love that song. It was fabulous. She, I, my mom's always loved her. She was one of my like first um, the nineties intros into country. The best. Yes. One another podcast, a competing podcast that I will not mention its name. Thank did a, you. Did a nineties country bracket, and all the songs were fucking great in it. It was amazing. I listened to so much country in the 90s and early 2000s. Oh, it was good then. The country now is like terrible. I'm loving that the 90s music is starting to come back and definitely show that it was an important decade. Oh, Y'all were cool again. Yes, exactly. And everyone still remains clueless because everyone's going to buy all of the clothes from Clueless again. The yellow plaid skirts and everything else. And as the designers approach, they look at everyone and tell them, 
Just trust me, okay? Have a good night. <laughs>